I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. From helping brands stand out with her own PR agency to building her own beauty brand, Holy Frog, Emily Parr has a unique experience that makes her the beauty titan she is today. You don't want to miss this. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their paths to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow founders of beauty brands around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build brands, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, a trailblazer in the inclusive beauty space, Emily Parr. Publicist by trade, Emily Parr is the co-founder of Holy Frog, a clean skincare brand that puts cleansing your skin first. Not to mention, she is also the founder and CEO of her own PR agency, Poke PR, that has represented global brands like Summer Fridays, Drunk Elephant, Briogeo, and so many more. Holy Frog started when Emily's skin was congested from years of applying sunscreen and those sweaty 10-mile runs. But with over 10 years of buying, trying many face washes, she didn't find one that suited her skin properly. So she even spoke to friends and strangers and they all had the same issue. Holy Frog focuses on situational skincare through the holistic and functional products that really put your skincare first. So let's dive straight into this and learn exactly how she's built this all. Emily, thank you so much for being on here. Oh my God, it's such a pleasure. I'm such a fan of you. I'm such a fan of Fable and Maine. I use your products, so I'm totally honored to be a part of the podcast. Well, I'm just as equal fan of you, and I'm so excited to get into this because I think your story truly is like no other because you have done it both. You've done the client side, working with different mm-hmm. beauty brands, and not just you know any beauty brand, some of the biggest today, but you've also built Holy Frog, which... I am so excited for the future of this company. So I think I just want to start a bit at the beginning of, and I ask all my guests this, but who is Emily in a nutshell? Well, you know, as you said in in the intro, I'm a publicist by trade, and I like to say I'm a face washer by nature. So it kind of all started with the um, sort of the combination of the two is what led me here. Um, and so not only being a publicist, but obviously now a brand founder, I'm doing them both at the moment simultaneously. Um, so it's, it's been a wild (laughs) ride. I mean, that's really who I am, you know, in a, in a brief statement. I love it. And and I think uh, a lot of people will want to know how you're doing it both and what's it like, but we'll get to that. But before, before you know, I think Poke PR came first, am I correct in saying? Um, yes. But I know you yep. had a career already working in the likes of Equinox, am I right? And I did. Like, so yep. what was that like before Poke? So, all right. So I started Poke PR nine years ago. Prior to Poke PR, I, I worked for Equinox Fitness Clubs as an in-house publicist. And while I was there, I loved my job. I wasn't looking to start a PR agency. I mean, I was always super ambitious, but I really liked my job. I'm a total workout junkie. I mean, I've got sweaty hair as we sit here today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and 
what happened was is I actually made friends with one of Equinox's vendors, who's the owner of a juice bar chain in New York called Juice Generation. Um, Eric Helms is the founder and CEO. He's still one of my dearest friends. He's like a big brother to me. And we became, you know, Juice Generation as a couple prime locations in some of the large, high, highest traffic equinoxes. And he and I became friends and I became super passionate about his brand, even though I was obviously still super passionate about Equinox. And that's when I started realizing, oh my God, you can be passionate about more than one thing at the same time. And my wheels started churning and I started just sort of pitching juice generation to the health editors as I was also pitching the new fitness classes at Equinox. I wasn't getting paid by juice generation, by the way. I was just having fun. Like, this is what this is all about for me. It's just having fun and being passionate. So I, um, he and I became closer and closer. He asked me for some recommendations for publicists. I introduced him to a few girls that I thought could be a good fit. He took me out to lunch one day. He sat me down and he said, you know, I don't thank you so much for, for introducing me to these, you know, young ladies, but I don't want them to do my PR. I want you, I want you to do my PR. And I was like, Hmm. Okay, but I I have a job and I really like my job. And I've said this to him. I couldn't see myself leaving that job to only pitch juice and smoothies. I just that I, I wasn't interested in being going in house for juice generation. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm not asking you to leave your job. I want to pay you a retainer to do my PR on the side. So that's how I, I didn't have an agent, didn't form an agency at that point. I was double dipping. I was running off to The View to film, you know, a segment with Eric Helms of Juice Generation or going to do a death side with Town & Country while I was I still had a full-time job at Equinox. So that's kind of like I've been sort of a double dipper side hustling for as long as I know. So me running Poke PR and Holy Frog right now simultaneously, if this is a new news for me. This is this is sort of how I grew up in my career. So that's, that's what happened. And then one day, um, so Salma Hayek is uh, business partners with Eric Helms in Juice Generation. And they, they had started a cleansing brand together called Cooler Cleanse. And we were getting all this big press. Now, this was a time when juicing was so new. The topic in every health story was juicing, juicing, juice, green juice, kale juice, this, that, the other. So we were one of the few, probably the only juice bar at the time that had a publicist. So we were getting the front page of the style section. We were getting two pages in Business Week, a page in Time Magazine, like crazy press. Salma called, her name was obviously, you know, da, you know, reporters love to name drop a celebrity. So her name was getting obviously just interjected into those articles. And she called up Eric one day and said, wow, I'm getting in all this press and I didn't have to do anything. She just thought it was the greatest thing ever because as a celebrity, like you're typically doing cover shoots and like it's yeah. such a time suck. Yeah. And she was like, this is amazing. So she, she said to Eric, I want her to do my PR. I want her to do the PR for my beauty brand. She had recently just launched Nuance Salma Hayek at CVS Pharmacy. And he... He initially was like, well, just so you know, she's not going to do your entertainment PR. She doesn't do that. And she said, no, no, no. I would just have her do the PR for the beauty brand. One thing led to another. She asked Eric for my phone number. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, am I going to get a call from Salma Hayek one day? I'm sitting at Equinox and, hey, Salma, nice to meet you. So I, I didn't get a call from Salma, but I got an email and a phone call from the head of PR at CVS Pharmacy which was almost even better because all of a sudden I have a corporate client. So it, there was no wine and dine. Let's do a song and dance around this. It was like the CVS pharmacy was told by Salma Hayek to hire Emily Parr. They emailed Emily Parr at gmail.com. Okay. I did not have a company. So I, it, it was so quick. It was, they wanted me to start in two weeks or something. And I, I literally thought to myself, 
oh my God, like I don't have an LLC. I don't have a company. How am I? I'm, I'm at Equinox sitting there at my desk at Equinox. So long story short, I, I asked for a month cause I needed to get my act together. And I, um, you know, I used their office for that month. And this was, this is funny because you don't know what you're getting into until you're into it. And I have no idea how many product samples beauty brands give to their PR agencies. Like I didn't know, I had no idea. Well, one day near the end of my month that I had given myself a truck, a small moving truck shows up to the Equinox office. Hi, we have a delivery for you. <laughs> I had a moving truck outside of Equinox trying to deliver all the nuanced Salma Hayek PR samples. <laughs> I go downstairs and I was like, uh, 60 West 10th Street, please. <laughs> Send that stuff to my apartment. I run out of a meeting. I run home to meet the moving truck. They literally just started stacking boxes on top of boxes. They took over my entire family room. I call up Eric Helms. I FaceTime him. I go, look at this. He goes, where are you? What is that? I go, this is all the nuance, Salma Hayek. He goes, give me your address. Stay right there. He sends his Juice Generation vans to my apartment and van after van just starts piling boxes into their vans. He brings it out to their commissary in Long Island City, builds storage racking for me. And there you go. Poke PR was born CVS Pharmacy was my first client. Eric was my client and guardian angel and still is. <laughs> my gosh. That is, yeah. I mean, this is why I love this podcast because I'm hearing stories that I would normally not get to. And hearing that, I think not only is it so inspiring, but it's also what a lot of people today, you know, fast forward at nine, 10 years still face and, and that kind of battle of, um, do I leave corporate? Do I, do I start my own thing? And sometimes you don't even look for it. Sometimes it just comes knocking on your door. Yeah. Uh, in your case, yeah, a, a truck yeah. knocking right. on your office door. But, um, literally I, I, I love that. And, um, so did you, um, like, what was that concrete next steps of you then, you know, you had then that storage space kindly gifted by Eric and stuff, but then how did you create that comp? Did you, did you have mentors or did you just wing it? The I, I, I totally, it, I was just shooting at the hip initially. And I, what I was doing was I didn't have an employee. Fortunately, my younger sister who still works for me today, um, she was, she had just graduated from college and was trying to figure out her next move. So I called her up and I just said, this was September. I mean, it was, this is when she probably, she would have been out there looking for a job. She, I called her up and I just said, why don't you just move to New York, move into my apartment with me move to New York, please come work for me, please. And she moved to New York like within a month. And I, I only had two clients at that point. So it was CVS and I was trying to figure out how to operate the way corporate people operate because I'm not a very corporate person. I'm just not. Um, I'm a doer rather than someone who likes to report on everything they're going to do. I like to just go out and do it. I never, I've never had business plans. I've never, I don't like decks. I don't like all of that stuff. I'm not disorganized. I track everything, um, but I don't sit there and spend hours on hours reporting. And CVS does. So I would say the first, the first year, I think it was the first year, I only stuck with CVS and Juice Generation because they really needed, I wanted to study the beauty industry. I wasn't a beauty publicist. I wasn't. I mean, I was really a fitness and health publicist. And I made it my mission in that year to A, figure out how to keep CVS happy because that was a really important client. Obviously, it was a very highly, it was a high revenue generating client. And so I needed to keep CVS. I didn't want to let Salma down. I didn't want to let Eric down. And so it was really important that CVS was happy, but Salma was happy. Um, and I, I wanted to understand the beauty landscape. And the first thing I did to understand that, I wasn't digging into ingredients at that point. I really wasn't. I was trying to figure out who all the key players in the editorial beauty world were. I created like a master list, like on crack sort of a PR list. And I just sat there 
reading every website that was pertinent, every beauty article, found every good freelancer. And I felt like I was unarmed to do this job if I didn't have the best possible list out there. And that's what I did. The first year, I just studied these people and what they wrote and who they were. And I created this list. And after that year, I started getting the itch for something more. Like I, I always know when it's time for me to grow because I can feel it. I just get this itch of, okay, you're in this rhythm and never get complacent. Let's, let, let's add on a, another layer. Let's do a little more here, Emily. That's how I've just, that's how I've always been. And I started at that point experimenting with what my PR portfolio strategy was going to be. And um, actually it was that year later that Drunk Elephant launched and I um, had seen, they had started following me randomly on Twitter. This is when like, this was 2013. So it was before Instagram Instagram was really really the go-to. It was Twitter. And my Drunk Elephant skincare started following me and I was like, what's that? It was August, 2013. I was, and I remember this because I was sitting at my parents' house on Martha's Vineyard, like on quote unquote vacation, which no, no entrepreneur has vacation. Uh, Never really. No. (laughs) No. So I looked into this brand. It hadn't launched yet. It was just a landing page. And I was like, wow, this is a really pretty landing page. Like, I wonder if this could be a good next client for me. And I, um, I reached out to, you know, the info line and I got an immediate response back from Tiffany and she, she just said, I pitched myself and she just said, you know, you sound right up my alley, um, you know, but we just retained someone and I, to do our social media. And I was like, what, why would you hire? She said, we retained a PR agency to do our social media. I was like, why would you hire a PR agency to do your social media? So I pushed back and I said, if you don't mind me asking, who did you hire? And she gave me the name of the agency and it was a huge agency. And I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. Because at that time, huge agencies didn't look at these indie brands and say, I'm going to help them grow. I want to be a part of this. They didn't look at it that way. They just looked at it as you're paying me a small retainer. I'm going to give you a small amount of my time. Exactly. That's how they looked at it. They never looked at indie. Indie brands weren't even called indie brands at that point. So they didn't look at it as an opportunity yet. So I, when she told me that, I was like, okay, this is, she's not going to end up staying with this company. So I stayed in touch with her. Now, meanwhile, I ended up, I ended up taking on another client that was within my MO. Um, I ended up taking on a fitness brand, um, a celebrity fitness trainer who was opening her first flagship studio. So that year, 2013, I stayed in touch with Tiffany. I met with her twice and I watched as it got very little PR and no real recognition. And I was like, I knew it. So 2014 in the fall, a year later, we met at a restaurant on the Upper East Side. She, She literally texted me when she landed in New York on a Sunday night. I was already in bed. She texted me and said, Hey, I just landed in New York. I'm going to X restaurant on the Upper East Side. I lived in the West Village at the time. The Upper East Side from the West Village is a very annoying location. And I, I, she said, do you want to come meet me? And I was like, this is what you do, guys. You this jump out of bed. Yeah. Yep. You jump on out of bed. You put your clothes on. You put on a little makeup and you go to the Upper East Side. And that's what I did. I went and I sat there with her. I had already eaten. I sat there with her while she ate. And and she said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave them. and I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. And she said, but will you do my social media? And I was like, no, that's why your social media is so bad right now, because you hired a PR agency to do your social media. I said, I will not do your social media. I said, but I will find you someone who will. And I did. I found her someone. I introduced her to a bunch of people. I found her someone amazing who was moonlighting for the brand the entire time up until they sold to Shiseido, moonlighting for the brand while she had a full-time job. Amazing. Yeah. So that kind of started my whole concept of I represent these 
more ingredient focused. I hate to use the word clean because it means nothing. So ingredient focused um, founder led indie brands that started my passion for those brands. And from that point on, I really just I knew when it was time to take on a new brand and I, I rarely took on brands that came to me. I typically always pitched myself to the brands that I wanted. Yeah. And, and I think that's why you found success, because that is pretty much uh, you, you're really working with the brands and you're yes. educating them. And even, you know, for you to say, look, I'm not doing your social. It might mean that I'm not going to take extra money. Like, no, because, you know, your your yeah. why. And that's so important. So and you don't want to I was I'm such a creature of. I value my work ethic and my my input, my output, and I never want to dilute myself. And I never want to say I can do something and disappoint someone. I'd rather undersell and overdeliver. I really would. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm the same when it comes to that. So I, I completely relate. So, I mean, I love the fact that you also said at the beginning, like, you know, why can't we do two things? And, and I don't know, my pet peeve has always been, oh, we always have to fill in one box of occupation or one thing. And it's like, why, yeah. why can't we do occupations and why can't we do many things? So, you know, you from Equinox to then working eventually, then now, you know, you quit, you started your own PR agency. So when did Holy Frog come around? And talk us through that. Yeah, so so that was 2013. I, you know, it was a, it was a wild ride of the next five years, right? Yeah. So. Drunk Elephant's growing, growing, growing. I ended up taking on brands like Beauty Counter and Pharmacy and Briogeo and Summer Fridays. You know, I had the creme de la creme of beauty, of clean beauty brands, and they were all young and they were in their growth stage of business. And in my mind, that's the fun stage. So it's like they have enough money to pay a PR agency. They're not, you know, just self-funded and trying to scrap things together right out of the gate where you feel like, oh my God, I'm putting in all this, you know, labor and I'm, they, they can barely pay me. So I never felt that, I never felt bitter because my clients always paid me, right? I never had an issue in that yeah. sense. But they were in this sweet spot of a growth stage where they were all growing so quickly. Most of them had not raised money. Actually, none of them. I never took on brands that had raised money. They ended up raising yeah. money a couple years after I took them on. So it was this really fun time of just working directly with founders and then becoming your friends and your mentors. I mean, I'm getting married in October and my side of the wedding invites are all of my clients, their clients and past clients. I love that. Because they're friends. They're friends. And, 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 and as you said, you help each other. Yeah. Founders are founder. They're friends and yeah. they're people that I've been the closest to for the last nine years. Like, I literally work and work out. Like, that's what I do. And so they're my friends. They're the people I talk to on a daily basis. So during this time, I, I would say it, it was 2018 where I started feeling Sephora was developing their Clean at Sephora program. It was that summer. When all these brands started coming out of the woodworks and they all started reaching out to me because I became the go-to publicist for clean founder-led brands. So all these brands started coming to me to do their PR and I wasn't interested in any of the brands that were coming my way. Yet all of my brands were growing up. So it was a scary crossroads of, I don't want to represent any of you but you guys over here, my people, like you're all going to go off to college soon. And we all know when you go, what happens when you go off to college, you don't need your, your, they don't need me no, anymore. You know, like no, they're yeah. going to sell eventually soon. Right. And you know, yeah. they're, and they're not going to need their little PR agency anymore. So I started thinking to myself, well, what do I do here? If I want to grow poke PR, do I start taking on these big brands that, you know, were coming my way, like Elizabeth Arden's of the world? And, you know, those type of brands were starting to come to me and want me to represent them, but they weren't really within my ethos. So do I just, mm. you know, open up the floodgates and just start representing And sell these? yourself a bit short because yes. it wasn't your yeah, own, that, yeah, desires? Yeah, it was like people trusted, editors trusted me because when I took on a brand, they were like, oh, that makes sense for Emily. I didn't want to take on these brands where they were going to say, oh, that's a little out of left field for her. So mm. it was either, okay, am I going to have to go that direction or I get, am I going to have to take on brands that I'm not passionate about? 
The other thing I thought about was now I never had any equity with any of my clients, never had any skin in the game. So, you know, it's not like, you know, was, should I have gone in house for one of my brands? And then the other option I had was, well, maybe I should start investing in brands. So I was looking at, you know, I, I was speaking to Sheena from Kosas because she was getting ready yeah. to raise her first round. And I'm like, well, maybe I should just invest in these brands and get in with their first investment round. And then it was around that time that my now business partner, Majid, had come to me and he said, you know, we should launch a beauty brand together. And Majid and I became friends through a client, Allies of Skin, Nicholas from Allies of Skin. And Majid... I'm I'm recording with him. Oh, okay. He's... um, Nicholas is awesome. And he's the common link between uh, Majid and I. And we met at an Allies of Skin press event. And, um, you know, we became friends for a year, just bonding over. I mean, I'm always looking for people that will talk about work with me, like on weekends and at night, like, cause I just, I like, I'm just immersed in it 24 seven and I love it. And Majid was that person. I could call him on weekends and we could talk about this brand or that brand. And well, why is their vitamin C doing better than their vitamin C? And let's, let's figure this just analyzing the market all the time. So, you know, we already had a shared love for this space and we come from really different um, career backgrounds. You know, me on the PR sort of marketing side of things, communication side of things. And Majid was more on the retail logistics side of things. So that made for a really good um, partnership. And because we really offset each other's expertise. So he came to me and I said, I would totally, you know, he, he said to me, we would be the wonder twins. And I, it was so funny. And I looked at him and I was like, well, what would we launch? Because there are all these brands coming to me to do their PR as they're gearing up to launch clean at Sephora. And I'm not in, I'm not interested in any of them. So how am I going to find, create something that I'm interested in? If it's almost felt like no one had, there were no good ideas left is what I was worried about. And he was like, well, you know, we'll, we'll come up with something. So we kind of walked away from it at that point, knowing like, okay, maybe this is a pipe dream for down the line. And then a couple months later, he had just gotten back from a trip, a, a trip to Europe. And he said, you know, what if we became the go-to brand for face washes? And I immediately shut him down. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound very exciting. And I was stressed. We were, Summer Fridays was getting ready to launch and I was so busy and, you know, they were doing this bi-coastal launch and I was, you know, I just I couldn't fathom trying to develop his statement any further and conceptualize that as a brand. So then that was March. So then May 2018, I was away. Um, I was at my fiance's uh, parents' beach house. It was really hot Memorial Day weekend, like really hot. And when I go there, I do these, I do 10 mile runs and I take the hot power yoga class. So, and they're not in, they're not back to back. So during those type of weekends, I wash my face five times a day. I wash my face when I wake up in the morning. I wash my face after the yoga class. Then I wash my face after the run. Then we go to the beach and I wash my face before, after the beach as I'm getting ready for dinner. And then I wash my face before I go to bed. I was washing my face five times a day. So I started thinking about what Majid said. And I was like, wait a second. Each one of these cleansing moments, I'm desiring something a little different. And that's where we started. I, you know, started conceiving this idea of situational cleansing Um, which basically in a nutshell just means you're feeding your skin what it needs when it needs it. And it's really just, it's having a relationship with your skin and, you know, not just going on autopilot and clocking in and saying like waking up and, you know, maybe you did a chemical peel last night and then just going straight to the acid cleanser. No, if you did a chemical peel last night, you wake up and you use Tashmu, the nourishing cleanser. So that's really how the idea of Holy Frog was born. And I can tell you from that point on, there was no business plan. There was no deck. There was no Excel spreadsheet. There was no Google Doc. There was no Google, nothing. I literally just ran straight into this. I was like, I am just sat there like a mad scientist, like putting together all the product briefs. I didn't have a chemist yet. 
I was just putting together my wish list of a star lineup of cleansers. And between Memorial Day and by the end of June, you know, it just, it all happened. The name just sort of dropped out of the sky. I was in a hot yoga class on a Friday night and I was, you know, just thinking about this brand that we were going to create. And I was in, you know, the mood lighting room and it was really hot. And I was in my downward dog position and I'm looking down at my hands and I look, look at the yoga mat and there was a frog logo. And I was like, oh my God. I, but to, sorry, to back up to that, two weeks prior, I was at a wellness center in New York City, actually founded by Dr. David Colbert. And the man who was giving me the tour of the wellness center had said to me, we were talking about the effects of pollution on skin. And he had said to me, well, you know, scientists study frogs when they're determining pollution in an area. And I thought that was the kookiest thing to say. I went back and I Googled it. And that's where I had learned that frogs are an indicator species and that they're an environmental gauge. So then two weeks later, when I'm in my yoga class and I see this frog logo, I remembered that frog story. And that's where I realized, wow, what a cool sort of way to speak about your product through the lens of frog skin. So that's how that kind of came about. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I, I love it. And, and also, to be honest, um, not many people realize that that is the case. And I, when I was researching about the name and everything, um, when I first heard of it, because I'm always so interested in these kind of stories, um, I was fascinated to be like, yeah, but that does make sense. Like, look at the skin of frogs. Yeah. They're very sensitive, yep. very thin. Very right? thin and um, permeable, yeah. Kind of like, not so, you know, our human skins are similar in the sense of, uh, especially when you have face washers, et cetera. Yeah. You have to be careful of what you're putting on to your skin, yeah. like you would on a frog or, you know, how the frog indicates that. So I love that, well, the whole I, story. You know, there's a lot of, you know, a, a lot of crucifying of brands that are quote unquote fear mongering and all of that. And I was like, you know what, this is mm. a really good way of not fear mongering because I'm really telling this story through the lens of the frog versus yeah. being like, these toxic ingredients will really harm you. I mean, I'm not talking about human skin in the name of the, in, in the brand name. So I no. thought that was, you know, it, it, it's fun, it's lighthearted, and it kind of stops you in your tracks and, the, and, and, and it gets you to question the brand's name versus like, let's say I called it clean, clean chemist or something. Like no one would ever exactly. look into what that means. And you want people to look into what your brand name means, because then once they start looking into what your brand name is, they start then like divulging more and more and more into your brand's story and your ethos. And they learn more. And you know, there's only so much we can get by passing through a shelf or seeing a right. quick Instagram story. But when you're curious to learn, you're there to learn and educate yourself. I did the same with the drunk elephant, you know, like I was always like, why drunk elephant? And you realize about the marula oil yeah. and then the fact that elephants naturally, you know, they, they, the oil they get drunk with. And yeah. there's a whole story there that people might not realize. But when you research, you get a lot more 
kind of closer to the brand. Exactly. So, I do love that. Yeah. And then with Holy Frog, um, your, I must say your packaging in the skincare industry is one of my favorite packaging. And I don't say that lightly because it's so beautiful. So um, I just want to know, like, what was that journey of deciding on that route of packaging and the branding? It was so hard, man. Like packaging ended up being sort of the bane of my existence. It's so hard because, you know, you have a brand you get, you don't know what you can actually do. You come up with this idea and then all of a sudden the manufacturer's like, we can't do that. I don't know why you would think that you can just watercolor on this bottle. You know, like you don't really know. You could have the greatest idea in the world, but then you learn that it's not manufacturable. Um, So for me, I knew I wanted color and I was immediately drawn to watercolor. And there was an artist on Instagram whose watercolor I love. I, I loved it then. I love it now. I've got it on my walls, all over my bathroom. I love it. Her, na- her Instagram handle is Dirty Eraser. And I couldn't, at the time, I couldn't find a branding agency I wanted to go with because I was so worried that they were just going to give me a version of something that they've already created. And then my brand was going to look like something else on the market. And yeah. so I actually DM'd Dirty Eraser and I just said, hey, I love your watercolor pieces. I'm creating a beauty brand right now. Would you be interested in working with me on creating some watercolor compositions for the brand? And she DMs me right back and we got on the phone call. She's super artsy, super just like spiritual, creative. And, you know, together um, we we worked on color compositions and shape compositions and um, the boxes and, and, and all of that. And, you know, we're taking a turn with the branding now. She did the logo actually as well. I had a different logo um, when I approached her. And she actually said to me, um, I don't know if I'm overstepping, but your current logo doesn't really go with the style of my art. Would you be interested in, in, would you be open to sort of changing it, tweaking it? And she scribbled something on a piece of paper and said like this. And I was like, okay, (laughs) you you know, like I'm one of those people where I'm, that's not my area of expertise. I know what I like and I know what I don't like, but I trusted her definitely in that space. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I honestly basically used her, that first scribble for our launch logo. Now, you know, we have evolved since then and you know, I realized that as the brand has grown and we moved out of the cleanser category and now we have serums and a cream and, you know, we've got all these other products in the works. So we've gone beyond situational cleansing and it's now situational skincare. And, you know, you realize that your use of color is so important. And I realized that each color needs to stand for something And the logo I felt needed to pop a bit more off. It was getting lost in the artwork. It was like drowning in the artwork. And we kind of took the year of COVID um, to sort of self-improve. And I hired a branding agency. They're amazing. It's just two women in Minnesota. They did Lord Jones and they did DP Hugh and Mrs. Meyer's Clean Day. And, you know, they're amazing. Um, I hired them to evolve Dirty Eraser's concept, essentially, because I love Dirty Eraser and I still love the artwork, but she's an artist. She's not a branding person. So what looks good on a wall doesn't always look good on a bottle. Um, And that's what we did. We're we're getting ready to roll out, um, you know, the new logo, which is still a frog, but it's in gold foil. And the new watercolor compositions are much more streamlined shapes. Um, And the colors all mean something. So like the green products are part of the refining category and the orange products are part of the brightening category and so on and so forth. And it's actually important to think about the consumer and customer as Mm -hmm. well, because as the brand grows, it's more than ourselves as founders, it's the customers. And and I think that's why it's important to sometimes it's difficult to sometimes rebrand or I think that's, as you said, COVID was a perfect moment of just setting, setting, you know, going back, using it as an advantage, just, you know, part for the business which yeah. I know it can be tricky and has been difficult for many but to sit back and say you know what is the what is the the next steps right yeah, now yeah it's true and like you have to start realizing that you know customers are 
they're not always as savvy as us. Like we are studying this industry day in and day out. And you can't assume that they realize the difference between an acid wash and a milky wash. And, you know, you need to find ways to make the purchasing journey easier for them to accommodate them in that way. And, you know, and, and our, our, the branding agency has just done an incredible job with that. I can't wait for everyone to see sort of the new reimagined watercolor frog look of the brand. And it, it also became more important for us because, you know, we're launching into some stores, um, you know, overseas in, in, you know, in this country soon, but also overseas. And the first ones have been overseas. So, we launched Sephora in Sweden and Denmark, and we're launching Sephora in um, Australia and New Zealand. And, you know, when all those products are lined up on your one shelf or your two shelves or your three shelves, like you have got to merchandise it in a way that makes sense to them. Um, and if I started looking at, you know, I, when, when I was thinking about how our current packaging looks how many shapes would we ultimately have in a 20 watercolor shapes would we have in a 2025 piece skincare lineup? Like it would just get too crazy looking. So it, you know, it really was, it was a good exercise for me because it, it actually, you know, when the branding, when we were exploring color and the branding agency was asking me, um, you know, what each color should stand for it, it actually allowed me to come up with a 25 piece skincare line for the brand. So I laid out at that time where I envision Holy Frog going in terms of the skincare category in the next five years, really. I laid out all of those products because I needed to place them within their color codes. Uh, what also is incredible is the fact that you've not only thought about the, the merchandising and where the future will be, but also you've expanded your range from cleansing initially to now situational skincare. And I know you've cultivated a big love around the world of different influencers and um, communities and also some celebrities. I, I, I think I saw it recently. Was it Hailey Bieber? Yeah. Said she loved it in her yeah. YouTube video. I was like, I saw that. I was like, wait, I need to message oh, Emily. That's insane. That was so, can I tell you, she had been buying the product for a year oh, on our amazing. website prior to that, you know, happening. And I was like, yeah. oh, you can't use a celebrity's name if they're just organically buying your product. You can't say that yeah. so-and-so is a fan of your product. You can't do that. So I was like, God, no. I hope this pays off one day. I keep seeing your reorders. <laughs> yeah. And so it was uh, so nice that she put that in her, um, you know, root P yeah. yeah, her like PM skincare routine on her YouTube. So that was nice. And she said she loved it. And, and that even shows by when, when a, you know, someone like that is a buyer, it really shows that they believe in the product. And it is, the, the formulations are, are phenomenal. Um, my sister has some of the products and I've been stealing them oh. and they're just uh, incredible that the, the texture and the formulation. So I'm excited now for the new rebrand. Oh my God, I, I'm going to send you and I'll send you and your sister a I, big package oh, of all the new stuff. I'm so excited. But to, um, you know, before we, we wrap it up with some rapid round questions, um, I do want to just go a bit more into you as Emily Parr and your kind of routine because a bit like me, but I think you're even, you motivate me a lot more when I see your stories is you're into your fitness and, you know, that balance of like work, hustle hard, but also work out hard. I love it. What's your like average routine like in a day? So I've been a runner my whole life. Um, so I've always run always. It, 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 that's where I get my best ideas from. And, you know, anytime I feel like I hit a, a, a creative block of sorts, I know that the next morning I'm going to go out on my run and I will likely come back with a solution. I've done that my entire life. I've done it in PR. I've always, I've always come up with my, the best story ideas that I would then go right back and pitch during my run. So I still use that as sort of, you know, a creative outlet. That's really what it is for me. It's not a weight loss thing. It's not like, oh, I got to get my miles in. You know, it's not that. It's really like a cathartic thing for me. So I do that. And, you know, I started doing Tracy Anderson's online workouts during hmm. the pandemic. Yeah. All the years that I've been in fitness, I had never really embraced her workouts ever. Um, so I, I do those and I, she's a genius. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know what she's like as a person. I can't vouch for that, but I, I don't know her. 
Um, but her movements are really, really interesting. Um, so that's my typical workout routine. Um, and I have a, a, a brain supplement routine that I do every single morning. Um, my dad, um, who was literally the most important thing in my entire life, um, passed away late three weeks before I launched Holy Frog. And he, he died of early onset Alzheimer's. Um, so, you know, I've, al- I've always been a really health conscious person, but when that happened, I just, you know, realized just do everything you can to prevent certain diseases that, you know, may run in your family from happening. Um, so I found through a friend, a holistic pharmacist in the city, and, um, he has me on sort of a brain, um, preventative brain health plan. So those are like the two things that I'm very steadfast about every single day, my workouts and my supplements. (laughs) Uh, I think that's really important advice as well. And uh, to also have a routine that you're consistent with, because that's the thing. And there's prevention, things to prevent in the future. We kind of, sometimes you focus so much on the now, which is so important. Don't get me wrong, but it's good to sometimes think about the future as well. I guess sometimes it's hard for people because they're like, they don't see the payoff right now, but In 30 years, if I was supposed, if I was predetermined to get Alzheimer's or dementia and I was able to ward that off because of all these years of taking these supplements, pat on my back. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm just one of those people where I would rather, you know, I, I try to eliminate stressful situations in my life. So anything I can do to sidestep that I will do in advance of something bad happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's, it's so important. And that's hopefully people listening will really listen to that advice because we don't want to ever be in those situations. And if we can avoid them, it's important to do so. But also just really quickly on the running, because I am quite curious myself. I have a half marathon later and I'm kind of trying to get back into my Good running. For you. Um, I used to do, I used to do marathons and stuff before, but then I had years of inconsistencies. And now I'm like, let's go back slowly into mm-hmm. it. But I love the fact that you said you get your best ideas sometimes when running, um, sort of like your own meditation in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your way of running? Because just for anyone who's listening, do you actually listen to music? Do you listen to podcasts no. or do you have nothing? So just hardcore, go- no music. I don't carry a phone, <sighs> nothing. It's just me and the road and my thoughts. And, you know, I grew up running. My dad actually got me into running. So he, he I would help him train for his marathons. Um, so, you know, I never, I mean, when you're running with your dad, like you're not running with an, you know, back in the day, you're not running with an iPod, you know? So, no. you know, you were just, we, and we weren't even talking the whole time. It was just like, we were at peace and our thoughts and with and nature. nature. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's what I do to this day. And, you know, even when I went to college, I was super homesick when I first went off to college because I just love my parents so much. And I remember I called my dad crying after he dropped me off and he just, Emmy, go for a run. I promise you'll feel better. Just go for a run. I mean, anything that bad, it's just always, it's helped me in bad situations. And then in situations where I feel like I need some motivation, I need some ideas. I'm going to, I'm actually, after this, I'm going to go for a run. So I'm going to actually put my um, phone in my little bag and, um, and no earphones and just no AirPods and just go out. Cause I think that's a really great idea. It's helpful to find a running route that you love. Um, because if you're not, if you're just, if I was just running through the streets of New York city and standing at crosswalks and stopping at lights Mm. and this and that, like, I wouldn't feel this way. I mean, I run in central park when I'm in on Martha's vineyard, um, where my parents have a house, I run through this wildlife refuge. Like I run Mm. in inspiring places. And I know that no matter where you are in the world, you can find an inspiring place because even when I went on all of our, my summer vacations with my parents and we went to Greece and Thailand and Belize and all these cool places, I always found running routes. That's the first thing I would do when I would get to a hotel is try to figure out my 
running route. I love that. No, actually, that's a very good advice. Like just pre-plan it a bit. It's like before you go into a, we do that with other things in fitness, but we want to make sure we go to a nice boxing gym when we box, we go to a nice studio for yoga class. So same with your runs, like, you know, do plan your route or have a consistency to it because that's what's going to get you up. Exactly. If you hate your run, you're not, you're going to dread walking out the door and going to do it. Yeah, exactly. And also people who are really trying to get into running, I'm sure you say this, Emily, just do it regularly, do it at your pace. And eventually it becomes easier. Oh yeah. And a 10 K becomes a no, like, like nothing. I remember when I was training for my marathon, the idea of a 10 K would, would like freak me out. But now it's like, um, we say 10 K, you say miles, but uh, it's written, but like it, now it's just like, uh, Oh, I can do that without really sweating so much. Exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't time myself. I don't, it's not meant to be something I actually don't do races. Um, because running for me is just, it's a leisure activity and yeah, yeah, it's, I I love it. And I don't, I don't want races to take that joy away for me. Um, I feel like my life in every other area is so regimented and so scheduled and so pre-planned that for my run, I just, I want there to be no strings attached. Like I just want to have fun. It's it's for you, and and yeah. that's, I think that's good that you don't compromise that. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's the healthiest way to do it. So no, I, I think yeah. I'm going to start thinking like that because I think that's that will make me also more into my running because I used to be really into the races, but actually I do prefer what you're saying. I think it will be better for me just as my own way of meditating and going out with my own thoughts, um, but with a bit of yeah. fitness too, which always is nice. Exactly. Yeah. So before we go to the fire round, um, I do want to ask a question I ask every single guest and um, it's kind of pertinent to today. Imagine t- travels opening up, but TSA is being a little bit stricter than usual. And they're saying, look, Emily, you can come on board, but you can only take one product and you're of course you're going to take something from holy frog so what's that one go-to of yours in holy frog i mean it's so hard because obviously we have six cleansers in our line and yeah. uh, you know all the but i would say shasta our our acid wash yeah. um because i know if i was stranded on a desert island you know i could find some coconut oil for something <laughs> i could find some honey for something else but I, there is nothing that has the acid properties and the mild surfactants. Like I have to wash my face or I just feel dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things where anytime I've had a tough day, I've always just thought to myself, I need to just get home and wash my face and everything will be better. I need to just get home and wash my face. I just need to wash my face. <laughs> so for me, it's Shasta. <laughs> I love that. And, and I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm sure most people listening don't really use washes, face washes or cleansers. They probably do the same thing, especially after a workout. They just pat their face and then towel dry, you know, damp it, whatever. Try Holy Frog. That will be your go-to cleanser and start really investing in that because it's, as you, you know, as a frog, it's your sensitive skin and your face. It's the thing you've got to take care of more than most things. Your body can last, you know, a lot of things, your body skin, but your face skin, it's very important to take care of it. So, um, I think Chasta will be my go-to now. So I love that. Um, so now we're going to go to fire round before we wrap it up. It's been honestly such a pleasure, Emily. Um, but let's go straight yeah, into you. it. So what's another beauty brand, skincare brand, wellness brand that you love? Okay. I, I love, I, I feel like I can't live without it. I have it in all of my bags and I have it on my nice hand. I love Kosas's lip fuel. I have it too. I love it. The, the lip, I have the lip balm. Is that the same one? The, um, the, it's the in that one. like cool little sport the, looking yeah, tube. The long yeah. one. You know, I think her, her lip products, I don't wear a lot of makeup, um, but that lip fuel product, I would say, I mean, I know you didn't ask me for just a product. You asked me for a brand, but I do <laughs> think they do an amazing job with their packaging and their marketing and, and, and all of that. So I agree. Um, I'll, I'll go with Kosas. Kosas, no, Sheena's pretty awesome. Um, She's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> What's a guilty pleasure of yours? Uh, post-dinner snacking. I'm one of those people oh, where like, I can have like a nice big meal that I love and enjoy, but like no matter what, I'm going to still go into the cabinets and I'm going to post-dinner snack. And that's why we work out all the time because of the whole rule of don't eat four hours before you sleep. I bet oh, you're like me. You're just like no that whole way. thing. I know. I'm like eating up until I go to sleep. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm never hungry in the morning. I do like intermittent fasting, but like evening time and it's not good, but I, I'm the yeah. same. I feel you. Uh, what are you currently watching or reading? Let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I have to read way too much for work stuff between the yeah. two companies. So I don't read books for pleasure right now at this Either point in I. my life. 
That's good. <laughs> um, I am watching, typically I have three shows in tandem. One that I like for my, just watch by myself. One that I watch with my fiance and one that I watch with my mom. So I'm watching Bosch with my fiance, which is on Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wrapped Cruel Summer, which is the show that I watch by myself. That was really good. Jessica Biel produced it. Um, and then I am, when I go back out to the vineyard with my mom, I will be continuing All American, which is on USA. Amazing. Love that. Uh, and what's your favorite social media platform right now? I would say I'm in a really hardcore state of mind. So my social media, preferred social media platforms, probably LinkedIn. And love it. LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. You're the first just, person who said that. And I think people don't realize it's a social media platform, but I love that. I like, yeah, LinkedIn is great. That's my, it's the most productive use of my time in terms of social media platforms. I love that. I think everyone says TikTok, which is true and Instagram, but LinkedIn is amazing. And also for building your brand, it's just because the, the formula of like how it, when someone likes it, it also goes on their yes. newsfeed. It's and very easy to get viral. Yes. Oh my God, I, I'm obsessed with LinkedIn. Yeah, so if guys, if you're not really on LinkedIn, uh, well, most of you are, but if you're not using it as a social media platform, think about that. Um, and then the last question is, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, I think I already know the answer, but what would you be? Okay, if I wasn't a beauty entrepreneur or a beauty publicist, yeah. I would be, get ready, a reporter or okay, a I did not expect host. that. I did not expect that. I love that. Yes. I would be a reporter or a talk show host. I, in college, all I wanted to do was graduate and go be Kelly Ripa. That's I all know. I wanted to do. And can I tell you, because I feel like when you're a beauty publicist and a beauty founder, there's, there are things that you can't say because it's going to upset a retailer or mm-hmm. this or that. And, you know, sometimes it's like there are secrets in an industry that you wish you could share, but you can't because you don't want to ruffle, you know, everyone's feathers. And if I were a reporter, that's the sort of stuff that I would be uncovering on a daily basis. <laughs> I love that. Well, you never know. That's what that's thing. You know, you probably will end up somehow doing that, I'm sure, because, you know, you're someone of many talents and I'm sure someone who can juggle so many things. So let's see. So I thought you would for say. my talk show in 10 years. <laughs> exactly. And then Emily, we'll come on. Emily explains. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I thought it would be fitness related, but I'm so excited. That's so much more exciting. Uh, love, love that. Well, Emily, it's been such a pleasure. Before we um, we wrap it up, just where can everyone find you and Holy Frog as well? Uh, holyfrog.com. And we have Holy Frog as, you know, the handle for all of our social media channels. Um, and if you don't want to shop from holyfrog.com in, this, in, in the U.S., uh, Derm Store is, you know, a great partner for us. So you can also find our products at Derm Store. Amazing. And you personally on social and media me, on social media i'm emmy par e-m-m-y par p-a-r-r Amazing. all the links will be when you just click on the summary uh please do follow holy frog check out the products you will not be disappointed and emily we cannot wait for the journey ahead it's going to be so exciting for holy frog and thank you for being here thank you so much and i will talk to you soon offline hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.